Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. It's time for True American Heroes for the Record with Jack Rutland. Another exclusive on Super Talk Mississippi 102.1 FM. Many of our heroes have taken their stories with them to the grave. But this show is about the stories and personal experiences of these veterans. Well, welcome. This is Jack Rutland with True American Heroes for the Record. And today I'm honored to have with me a veteran of the United States Navy, Mr. Roy L. Smith. Roy, thank you for coming in and being with us. Yeah, thank you, Jack. Sure. Uh, let's let's kind of go back to the uh, to the to the very beginning, naturally, because you are from Lincoln County. You grew up here. You were born here, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And uh, tell us just briefly a little bit about your background, where you lived, and where you went to school, and uh, and then we'll get into your service to your country. Well, actually, I grew up uh, right here in Brookhaven, poor boy, in the uh, Carver Heights Projects. Sure. Product of the Carver Heights Projects. Uh, went to school at Mullins, mm-hmm. uh, Alexander, and when they integrated, I graduated from Brookhaven High School in 1974. 1974, okay. Yeah. So uh, we were chatting just a moment ago, and you were telling me that you – you, you wanted to go into the military. You didn't get drafted or anything like that. Vietnam was starting to wind down in 74, but you, you wanted to be in the military. Is that right? Yes. And, and, and in fact, um, I, my, my ambition was to be a, a, a pro football player for oh. the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. I was, my plans were to, you know, scholarship to Alcorn and uh-huh. from there uh-huh. go as a free agent if I didn't get drafted. And walk on, yeah. Yes. And, uh, but that didn't pan out, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. And uh, so my, I, I actually joined the Army. And after I talked to some relatives and said, man, you don't think you want to go in the Army. And I had a couple of cousins that were in the Navy and they were with home on leave and they were telling me how the experiences that they have had right. since they have been in. So right. that kind of changed my mind. Neat. So uh, I kind of switched over, talked to a Navy recruiter, and he you know, got my billet changed from Army to Navy. And that was probably the best thing that I've ever done in my whole life. And, and, and the neat thing about it, and we're going to talk about this as we visit, is that that led to a career. Because yes. you were a 20-year uh, veteran of the United States Navy, served your country all those years. Yes. Uh, let's, let's just talk about once you get into the Navy and uh, you started, started doing all the testing and the, you know, trying to determine what you had strengths and skills that you could do, uh, I, I'm, I'm anxious to talk about what you ended up doing as we've been talking about it. But I want to find out how did you end up where you did well uh jack to be honest you know all practically all my life i've been you know pretty much a leader mm-hmm. and you know even as you know i was in the boy scouts cub scouts good, and good. even you know in our little neighborhood gang you know i was kind of the leader of the pack so you know i had some leadership skills you sure. know from from early on just natural and, yeah. yes yes and when i went into uh recruit training 
uh, basic training, uh, I, I was made a squad leader. Mm-hmm. So from that point to the point that I retired, I had always been in a leadership role mm-hmm. uh, my entire military career. And I've defined my military career on, on leadership and organizational skills. The thing that I'm most interested in is the fact that you ended up a corpsman. Yes. How would, did that happen? Well, actually, when I first enlisted in the Navy, uh, uh, the recruiter were, was uh, Chief, can't think of his last name, Douglas. Douglas, okay. Yeah, Joe Douglas. He recruited me, and he recruited me as a radio man. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I had another friend of my classmate that was going into the military at the same time that I was going. And when he brought it to my attention that he was going in as a corpsman, mm. I didn't know what a corpsman was. Sure. So when he explained to me what a corpsman was, I thought about it. And I thought, well, you know, that's helping people. It sure know? is. So uh, I've always been in the, in the business of, you know, having a, a humble heart and helping, you know, individuals or sacrificing for, you know, the sake of others. So I said, well, you know, that, that doesn't sound bad. You know, when I, if I decide to get out, I can always come back oh, and get, a, get yeah. a job at uh, King Daughters. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was my Intention. actual thoughts. Yeah. yeah. After I decided to, you know, change from radioman to corpsman uh, is, is probably the best decision that I've ever made as well. One of the best decisions. Well, it ended up not only as what you did through your whole career in the military, but it was what you did after you got out of the military. You ended up in, in the medical field and, and working in hospitals and serving and helping people. And, and I, I just think that's neat because a, a military corpsman is a very unique person. I mean, it's just like we were talking a moment ago, uh, and I had forgotten this, but I remember now that the United States Marine Corps yeah. does not have corpsmen. Right. They use... Navy, Navy corpsman, yeah, that's right. Because the Na- the Marines and the and the and, and the Navy are kind of hooked at the hip, whether they want to admit it or not. They, yes, they, we are. They work one and the same together. Yes, and there's always a Navy uh, on every naval ship. There's almost always a Marine detachment for whatever reason, exactly. And and be it small or whatever. But I I love the fact that all through the, the World War II and even uh, post that, to, even to right now today, the Marines when they need a corpsman. He's a Navy man. That's right. Well, you were telling me a funny thing a while ago about what the what the Marine slogan and how the uh, the Navy guys, the corpsmen especially, have a comeback for. Oh, what yeah, was that, yeah. Roy? But the uh, the Marine Corps always had this cliche that uh, they always looking for a few good men. Right. But the Navy comeback to that was they already have a few good men, which are Navy Corps. They're Navy Corps. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I and, just and think that's awesome. So we used to we used to have uh, uh, on board ship. We used to wear the uh, uh, sweatshirts. Each division had a different color sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Navy Corps always wore white sweatshirts with a red cross on it. And we on our ship, we always had like a donkey. On it, and it read with an inscription on it that said, "We risk our, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh, donkey right, right. to save your donkey." Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's so. really neat. I, 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 we're going to talk in a moment about your time uh, at sea because you did have a couple of tours in, on an absolutely incredible ship that we're going to talk about. But uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about you know leading up to your you know your first first base. 
your first assignment, your training, a little bit different from a radio man or, or a seaman's. Tra- you had to go through the basic training, of course, but then you got into the medical training. Yes. Tell us a little bit of that. As you, and you're, you, I think you told me you were at three different uh, stations uh, in most of your career. But three uh, states. Three but, I'm sorry, yeah. states, right. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, uh, when I left re- uh, recruit training in Orlando in uh, August of '74, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I went to Great Lakes, Illinois, to Hospital Corps School. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there for about three months, and from there, I was transferred to the Naval Hospital in Orlando, Florida, which was a World War II uh, construction uh, where they had the old outside uh, buildings where in it. You didn't have inside. Anytime you went from one building to the other, you always had to go outside to go to the next building. <laughs> and you had to push patients down the ramp, you know, the ramp outside that you, you had to push. You just had to roll them around. Yeah, yeah. and that in itself, you know, was a, a, a unique experience. Sure. But now everything is so modernized that uh, everything is inside and everything is, you know, so, so uh, intricate until, you know, just seeing that and having a you know been there you know is is a very unique experience for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and so go ahead. I'm sorry. So you know, from Orlando, you know, that's when I decided you know a career moved. I decided to go to lab school. I went to Portsmouth, Virginia, in uh, January of '78, and finished basic lab school. And that's when I was transferred to my first sea duty, uh, sea tour of the USS Forrestal CV-59. Uh, at that time, and, and for do, doing a whole course of my career, the USS Forrestal was the oldest carrier that the Navy, you know, had in, its, uh, in the fleet. And a um, lot of history. A lot of history. I really enjoyed it. Even though the living conditions weren't uh, the best as some of the other carriers. They weren't very modern, were they? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I mean, most of the time we had to sacrifice you know, taking a shower in order to launch, you know, aircraft, aircraft. which is our purpose. That that's was right. our whole. That's right. That was our whole uh, uh, mission: mm-hmm. is to launch and recover aircrafts. And of course, my job was to you know take care of the people that was uh, maintaining the ship and the and the rest of the crew. All right, we've got a couple of minutes before the break. I want to I want to make sure people understand what a significant ship this was. You were on the USS Forrestal was one of the earlier aircraft carriers and served an awful lot of duty in Vietnam and sadly it had a real tragedy where some aircraft exploded and there was great loss of life but you were on that ship after it had been refurbished and recovered from that how many how many seamen were on that aircraft carrier roughly well uh, ship's company which is the basic you know, man mm-hmm. unit on the on the ship is about twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred men. Yes, and, and when the air when the air wings are aboard, there's about five thousand. Good gracious! So, so now, how many how many corpsmen were there together? I'm sure there was a bunch. Well, ship's company we had about about fifty corpsmen, and when the air wing came aboard, they brought their own corpsmen, and most of the air, depending on the size of the air wing, they had either one to two corpsmen. So we had anywhere from a hundred to 120 corpsmen to serve the entire ship. And with that many men, there had to be something all the time that you guys would stay busy. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, uh, to be honest with you, Jack, I probably saved more lives than people, you know, want to admit. Yep. And, you know, but that's something that, you know, I don't brag about. Part of the job. The things that I don't really talk about. 
because I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blowing my horn right. or I'm, I'm trying to get recognition or anything like You're that. You're doing but your duty. Doing my duty and serving my country. Serving your country. Well, let me ask you this. You were talking about the air crews bringing their own corpsmen and everything, and, and that swells up the, the men on board that ship to 5,000 men. I know an aircraft carrier is huge. I've mm-hmm. seen a few. Yes. And they're humongous air, uh, ships. Yes. Uh, it seems like it's always busy. I mean, there's always aircraft being launched, aircraft being recovered. There's something going on in the aircraft. 24-7. 24-7. I yes. mean, even at night, there's yes. practice missions and things. So you guys did shift work, didn't yes. you? Yes. Yes. We worked around the clock, even in port. Uh, we was every three days. We had, you know, uh, a, a watch. And at sea, it was every three days. But in port, we were every six days. So you had duty on a regular basis. And uh, to make sure to ensure that uh, all the medical, I mean, all of the individuals were medically taken care of. I've just watched aircraft carrier missions on video and on programs. Uh, and, and the thing that's so amazing to me is it, it is a very high risk type of aircraft, I mean, ship. I mean, the, the launching of aircraft, the re- recovering of aircraft, uh, all of the things that are going on are absolutely incredible and high risk and a great chance of harm and oh, injury. Oh, absolutely. During my two tours of duty on the USS Forest Star, we had, we had, we had quite a few uh, mishaps, mm. uh, cables breaking, doing unrep. Unrep is when, you yep. know, the other, another ship pulls upside and mm-hmm. they – unload supplies and fuel and all of that stuff. And they usually tie together through with a cable. Mm-hmm. And occasionally they'll cable the break. And when they break, it's just like a whip. Ooh. I mean, they come back and they go around. And I, we had at one instance where I think about three or four guys got amputated oh, from one of the cables. Goodness. And, and, and that was your job to respond to. Yes, yes. All right, we're, first responder. We're, we're here with, uh, yeah, first responder. We're here with Mr. Roy L. Smith and a really interesting uh, interview. And we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back for the second half. Well, welcome back. Uh, today we're honored to have with us Mr. Roy L. Smith, uh, a local gentleman who was born and raised here in uh, Lincoln County. And uh, when he graduated from high school, Felt called to uh, serve his country and 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 spent a 20-year uh, experience in the United States Navy serving his country and wearing the uniform with pride. And uh, I'm just really honored to have you here, Mr. Roy. Uh, we were talking earlier in the first half about your time being in the uh, uh, sea duty on the USS Forrestal, which is one of America's uh, you know most famous aircraft carriers, and. Um, if I'm not mistaken, is she she's been decommissioned or is she yes. still at sea? Yeah, we 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 retired at the same time. Yo, did you? Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> something famous right yeah, there. You yeah. retired with a four star. That's right. Okay, um, your experience as as a corpsman, I just find that unique uh, because it, these you guys are the unsung heroes. Mm-hmm. As as the technology as medicine progressed, you didn't put a doctor out on the on the firing line or on a mission where he, you know, you, you, they stuck him in the, in the sick bay. Yes. Uh, but it was the corpsmen, you said it a moment ago, were the first responders. You got to the guys who were injured. You got to them first. And it was your role to be sure you could prolong their life until they could get to the surgeon or get to the sick bay. Exactly. So, you know, you had some, you were talking about uh, the things that could happen. You were actually, when you had sea duty, how long were you 
you're at sea for that say that particular tour. Uh, How long did that last? Well, I was on board the uh, well both times I was on the on the ship for three years. And wow. The, the amount of sea time I would say about uh, three quarters of that was at sea. Good gracious. So life. so say in a year's time we spent about nine months out of the year at sea. Good gracious. Either were training they, were or, you traveling or from country to country to port to port? How did that work, or were you just out in the middle of the ocean? Well, uh, most of the time we were out in the middle of the ocean. However, uh, my four, first tour is when we did most of, you know, uh, country visiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to 16 different countries. Wow. Uh, Spain, Italy, Sicily, France, Israel, Morocco, Gitmo, uh, Cuba. Really? Jamaica, Haiti. Uh, St. Thomas, Puerto Rico. That's not bad little places to visit. <laughs> yeah, no, man. That was great, fantastic. I mean, that was the whole objective of being in the Navy is to see, see the world. See the world, that's right. Yes. Well, now, I know what aircraft carriers always they moved in task forces. Yes. They weren't just by themselves. No, they had plenty of support. Never. Uh, plenty of support. A convoy or a task force, a, a carrier task force would be made up of how many ships? Uh, about 50. Wow. Usually when a carrier goes out, it goes out with, with cruisers, destroyers, submarines, tenders. Mainly to meet the needs of that aircraft carrier. That's right. That's right. That's incredible. What You, you were talking about the Forrestal was being was an older ship, and she was a, one of those that had been commissioned way back yonder and was one of the most famous, uh, you know, the Navy's had. What, we were talking about living conditions not quite like they are in the new carriers today, the super oh. carriers. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit like what it was like. How many men did you share a room with, or did you guys have bunks, or was there five or six in a room? How was that? Well, the, the way they did the uh, the birthing, that's what they call the birthing. sleeping space, right. birthing. They divided us up in three sections because if the ship got hit in the forward part of the ship, all the equipment wouldn't get killed. Or oh, they, yeah. So they had us split up in three different areas, forward, midship, and aft. I usually slept in, in the uh, – in the aft part, which is the rear, and uh, I slept right over the turbines and what they call the screws or the propellers. Right. And it was noisy, but man, when you did go to sleep, you slept like a baby because <laughs> you got accustomed to the, you to know, the sound. The, the sound until you know you had kind of blocked everything out. I've never heard the fact that they divided y'all up into three different areas so that there would always be the somebody that survived something right. that catastrophic exactly. that might happen. Exactly. You've got several several pages of notes that you've of experiences. I'd like for you to share a few things that kind of stand out in your career, Mr. Roy. Well, the forest all of course is 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 one of my favorite duties that I've had. The other my other favorite uh, tour of duty was in, uh, at the Naval Hospital in uh, Roosevelt Roads, Puerto Rico. Mm. Uh, excellent. Beautiful country, beautiful people, culture. Wow. Uh, my kids had an opportunity to, you know, experience it. So you had your family with you while you were stationed there? When I was in Puerto Rico, yes. That's awesome. And, uh, well, my family was with me just about every place I went except when I was at sea. Good. And that was the hardest thing, really, about being in the Navy was being, being separated from family, from yep. family and yep. particularly the kids. Right. But it was an experience that I enjoyed nonetheless. Sure. And like I said, Puerto Rico, I was able to, you know, travel to some of the other small Caribbean countries, West Indies, and just in the Caribbean. Oh, just yeah. Most of the yeah. islands in the Caribbean, yeah. I was able to, to visit and, 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 and experience their cultures. You're looking back over your career 
and you've been out a little while, you've retired. And Was it a significant event in your life? Are you glad? Would you do it again, Mr. Roy? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's no way in the world that I would have ever thought that, you know, I would have retired when I was 37 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, to come out retired as a young man and mm-hmm. was able to, you know, uh, land a job, you know, making, you know, good money. Good income. Excellent benefits, good. family support. It was it was a great, great experience that I enjoy and, and thank God for every day. Good for you. What Anything else that you can uh, you want to mention? I mean, I know you've got a – we could talk for hours about yeah. the experiences well, in the service. Well, I, I, I would like to sh- just share a little bit about the worst experience I had. Oh, okay. And that was when I was in Pensacola, Florida. I was stationed at the Medical Research Laboratory. Uh-huh. And it was the Naval Aerospace Medical Research That's Lab. Right. Mm-hmm. I had just come from the, my advanced schooling of lab te- technology. And uh, when I arrived, I guess my superiors didn't think that I had the experience, although I had been aboard the forest all working at the mm-hmm. MedTech. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was doing things on a primitive basis, yeah. you know, by hand. Everything was manual. <laughs> and uh, so they didn't think that I had the experience to, or the knowledge to actually do medical research. So what they did was uh, they basically shunted me from doing any, you know, research. Things you've been trying to do. Yes. And, of course, that, you know, was like a bit of peel. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, that created a lot of, you know, animosity and, and, you know, within me. Right. So I started, you know, what they call, what what the military called bucking the system. (laughs) When when actually I felt that the system was actually bucking me, (laughs) if you get my drift. Uh. I do. But but I was able to overcome that Good. and was able to, you know, get promoted and um, and move on. And uh, Good for you. you and actually, have a successful career. I know you did because you actually, when you retired, you were a, what did you tell me, E6? I, yeah, I was the E6 first class uh, corpsman uh, specializing in medical technology. Uh, we were talking. I remember my uncle, who's now gone on, who was in World War II. And I loved his uniform because he had the Red Cross on his patch, built into the patch mm-hmm. that he wore on his uh, uh, on his sleeve of his uniform. And uh, I know yours probably did too, didn't mm-hmm. it? Well, uh, after after twelve years, uh, you know, you can go from red to, to gold. Ah, I didn't know so that. So after, you had the gold cross. Yes, that is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Do you ever? I know you. we've only got a couple of minutes left. One of the things almost every veteran tells me is how close they got to a lot of guys that they served with. I, I've did thousands, thousands and thousands of uh, individuals that I can't even recall <laughs> the majority of them, but I'm hoping that uh, the majority of them recall me yeah. because I'm hoping that I had a positive influence. Well, in- I, I know in you and, and hearing some of these stories, Mr. Roy, a corpsman is a, a sailor or a Marine or a soldier's best friend. That's right. There are times when they don't want to see anybody but the corpsman. Right. So. And, and, and as a matter of fact, and the fact that you mentioned that, when when you're a corpsman and you're at sea, you don't have to worry about anything because the cooks will bring you your food. <laughs> <laughs> you, are do a, you are a distinguished I'm, person. I'm telling you, a corpsman, a corpsman is like God. How because uh, nobody likes to wait in a long line to see a, to see a doctor. So if you know a corpsman, you're in good hey, shape. Man, you're in, you're in good hands because you can just go to that corpsman and say, man, I don't feel good today. 
can you check me out? Well, we've had about 40 interviews. We're pushing 40 now, and you're my first corpsman. And I am honored to have you because I had so much respect for my uncle and what he did in World War II as a corpsman. And uh, I've, I've met a few others, but I've never – this is our first interview. So I'm so honored, Mr. Roy, that you could come in today and spend some time for, uh, with us. And I want to say one more time, thank you for your service to your country. Thank you for being willing as a young man to wear the uniform. And uh, we're grateful for what you've done. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It's been an honor to be here and a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. We're grateful for what you've done in serving our country. And that concludes our program. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.